Welcome to Maximum Octane and your ride to the entrepreneur's evolution in the automotive industry. I'm your host, Kim Hickey, former shop owner turned industry educator, speaker, and entrepreneurial motivator. Each week during our ride together, you will hear unfiltered stories of inspiration and transformation shared by successful business owners and CEOs. Their experiences will motivate you to do things you never thought possible, encourage you to reach your full potential, and help you to exchange unproductive habits for productive ones. While many of my guests will be related to the automotive industry, it's crucial in the world of tomorrow that we stop being silos and we open our minds to ideas and inspiration from other industries as well. We also know that to be truly successful in business, you must have a healthy work and home life balance. All of my guests are handpicked with these crucial elements in mind. Our industry is evolving by the second, and we need to as well. Buckle up, because here we go. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Maximum Octane. This week's episode, I have a fabulous, fabulous person that you are just going to love, and that is Wendy K. Walters. Hi, Wendy. How are you? Hi. It's good to be here, Kim. I'm excited to be here. Thank you so much. I just want to, and I know you're not great about bragging about yourself, so I'm going to brag a little bit for for you, and uh, that will all come full circle by the time we get done today, and you'll understand all of that. But Wendy is a speaker. She's a master coach. She's an author. She is a ghostwriter. She's an editor. She is seriously a dream builder. One of her books, which she has many that might appeal to you, is Selling Without Sleaze. And so that's a little bit about the bragging part that I said we might come full circle, not circus. And (laughs) some of the other things that she's doing, she has a a nonprofit that you started, right? And it's called the Favor Foundation. That's correct. Yes, that is just fantastic, fantastic, fantastic. And this is so wonderful, wonderful. And then Name the Day is your newest book, correct? Along with all the other ones, you have one Name the Day now? Name the Day is the is the newest one. That really focuses on, you know, if I were to say to you, white Ford pickup truck, if I put that in your head all day long, you would suddenly start seeing white Ford pickup trucks everywhere you went. There wouldn't suddenly be a bunch of them new in the earth, but your notice would be attracted to them. So naming the day is every morning I give each day a name. I name what this day is that puts a frame around it, which means everywhere I go all day, what I've named it gets attracted to me and I cooperate with it. So that's a 365 day devotional where I name each day. Wow. That's a really fun, fun resource. It is It just, I, I read the reviews on it. I haven't had a chance myself to start taking advantage of that yet, but it seems like the feedback's been really fantastic for it. And there's so much going on in the world right now that is just horrible that I think we forget about all the great things and how we have choices every day when we get up, right? Of how the day is going to be and exactly what we're going to do and all of that. So one of the cool things that I think about you is along with being an author and ghostwriter and that you actually work with authors to help them write. And, and many of them have become best-selling authors on Amazon and other yeah. things. Do you want to just share a little bit about that? Yeah, I love, um, again, I, Wordsmith is sort of just part of my legacy and heritage, but I've now personally helped over 150 first-time authors, and many of them have gone on to become serial authors. Um, and that's not just the memoir, Tell Your Story. You know, a book is the last business card you ever need. 
So a lot of people have used a book to promote their business and and doesn't matter what kind of business that is. There's something, you know, imagine even if you're coming in to a store and right there is the story of how you got it in your franchise. And, you know, it works, it works for Chick-fil-A, it works for Chip and Joanna Gaines, it works for everyone. So, so that ability, even if you're not an author, I've been able to help a lot of people go across that and get into that space of published books. And many of them have become bestsellers and several of them have been picked up by big publishing houses. And it's just something I love to do. It's, it can be an incredible resource tool in your arsenal. It helps you define yourself, gives people clarity. Nothing, nothing will help you define who you are like wrapping language around it and having to communicate it to someone else. Fantastic. Fantastic. We always speak with everybody in you know, businesses when we're coaching about every person and every business has a brand and you can be the creator of that brand yeah. or you can let the brand happen to you. And so, you know, there's a lot of thought has to go into everything that you do and say and how you behave and the model that you want to give. So it's, it's just a cool thing what you're doing there for sure. So today you were going to share with us some, some of the successes you've had around creating systems for su- sustainable success. So you've had success with sustainable success. <laughs> that, that's the plan. That's the plan. And I, I get the, the privilege to coach a lot of people, um, a lot of business owners and business leaders, a lot of owners of nonprofits or leaders of nonprofits. And so uh, focusing on systems has become something really, really important to me, even much more so than focusing on habits. And I've learned that that systems are what creates sustainable success. You know, a lot of coaches come in and they get you to write your goals, one, two, three, and there is merit in having goals. People, successful people have goals, but a goal is about a result you want to achieve. The trouble with that is once you've met the goal, if you haven't put a system in place that has internalized what got you there, the minute you you reach the goal, you revert back to the behavior you had before you were pursuing the goal. You know why you see someone whose their goal is to run a marathon and they put everything into training for running that marathon. And as soon as the marathon's behind them, they're back to eating hamburgers and laying on the couch and watching Netflix. And a year <laughs> later, they can't jog around the block. So uh, systems are about processes um, processes that will lead you to the results. So I, I love to work with businesses. We start with the goals, of course, let's get the goals, but then we have to look at the process for how are you where you are right now? There's a reason, there's a reason you need goals because something obviously isn't working, but we had to do like a backwards engineering of how we got there. So we don't want all that hard work focused on just meeting a goal. We got to sustain what we want to achieve. That, I, I'm glad that you're mentioning that. I, I actually just had someone on a couple of weeks ago that trained for the Ironman and some other things. And he talked about that as well, a little bit about once that's over, right. And you're not training to run that 50 miles and all exactly what you just said happens and those behaviors slide. And so what, what can people do to create those systems for that sustainability? Yeah. So the thing is uh, our outcomes are sort of a lagging measure of our habits. It's not the other way around. So collectively our systems, the outcomes we have, that is a lagging measure of the systems we have in place. So if we're not satisfied with the outcomes, it's it's in our best interest to take a look back and see if the systems that are created, if we fix the inputs, the out the outputs will take care of themselves. And so most people focus on the output. This is the thing that I want to change. And we just focus on that. You got to work backwards because the input 
takes care of the output. It's like, it's like if you go to a doctor and they just treat the symptom, if they just treat the symptom without getting to the root cause, all you're going to do, you're going to be, you're going to have to stay on something that keeps you out of pain forever, but it doesn't fix the problem. So you actually, your problem gets worse and worse and worse. And over time, this temporary patch you have on it to mask the pain of the symptom, you're not getting any better. So if you apply that to business, you can't just treat the symptoms of a bad outcome and expect a new result. It might mask the pain temporarily, but you got to get to the root cause. What's the source of us getting to this? So so I love to work backwards with people and get down to the input much more than focus on the output. Very excellent advice for sure. And we see that all the time with doctors and different things that people are painkillers and one of the epidemics going on in the world right now, right? As painkillers, people getting hooked on drugs and things much later in life, you know, it's not teenagers, you know, experimenting. It's adults that have great careers and wonderful families and they get injured or something happens. They start on some kind of pain management medicine and it just snowballs until it becomes an addiction. So looking at the root cause of everything is so important. What are some suggestions you have for the people listening that they want to get started and how do they start working backwards and all of it. Cause it sounds so simple the way you say it. Yeah. <laughs> sounds, it always sounds simple. So, so the thing is, first of all, you, you got to take a, that cold, hard look of where the ideal has collided with the real, you know, this, this is what I wanted for my business. This is the profitability. I wish I had, this is the team I wish I had in place. This is, you know, all things we look at that, what that ideal is. And now let's look at the reality And where that collides, that chaos of where ideal and real collides, that is an opportunity for us to gain insight, right? So we have to have a faithful looking back, a hindsight. We have to have a faithful looking back at what is working and what isn't working. What is going right? What is going wrong? A faithful looking at that. And and that pain point gives us a chance to have insight. So, So as we do that, we can, we can start to say, okay, this is what I want. I define, I start defining who I want to be. What do I stand as a company, whether this is personal or organizational, what, what do I stand for? What do I want to be known for? You know, what is it that I want to offer that I want people to come to me for? So we got to get that down concrete on paper. What do I want to be known for? What do we stand for as a company, as an organization, as an owner? What do we stand for? What, what do I want people to come to me for? The values that they could trust. And then like, what are the guiding principles for how we do this? You know, I, yes, I want a certain amount of profitability, but how I get that profitability is as important as the dollars I'm putting in the bank. So how do we get there? What are my guiding principles? Um, What do I wish to become? And, And knowing what that is, knowing what I want the ideal to be real, then I can start to say, okay, I need to push every behavior through that system, push it through the grid of, Okay, the way we treat someone from the time they walk in the door till the time they walk out, does the way we treat them measure up to who we say we are? Does what they receive from us, their experience, the value, the service, does that measure up to the sort of company we said we were going to be? The whole process from the from receptionist to checking out from whatever that looks like. So we, we take a look at it and we just push it all through the grid of the kind of products and services that we want to offer. One of the things I do every single year is after things are reconciled in December, I take a look back and I say, okay, of these things that I offer, which of them are highly profitable, 
and which are not. Which of that, like, it's a hard thing sometimes that I just keep doing the same things, but sometimes you got to weed out. Some stuff has to go the way we did it last year might not work for us in the new year. That's a difficult thing to look for. So, you know, you've got to have a feedback loop going for you that's based on your valuables and principles and identity, not just your results. That feedback tells us things. So almost like you put it through through its paces, you get an outsider to come in. Like if you own a business and I've done this and this, they do this with secret shoppers. I've even gone uh, when I've helped uh, like churches, I'll show up and no one knows who I am. They don't know I'm going to be there to coach their leadership team. I show up as a visitor and I get the whole unfiltered experience. So, so get someone to come through your store that's your secret shopper and take notes of every portion of the process. How does it go from an outsider? What does it look like? And you got to think about each employee. What is the process for whatever that thing is? Is that dependent on that employee? What happens if a temporary employee has to come in for the day? Is the process obvious enough that a temporary employee can, can step in and fill the gap? Or are they just a body in the chair with their deer in the headlights trying to make it through the day till the person gets back. If that's the case, we have a problem. We don't have a clear logical system in place. Things need to be repeatable. So, so for every portion of your business, whatever that looks like from sales to service, to inventory, to accounting, to cleaning, to whatever is part of your business, each one of those aspects has a system in place. You've either put it in place intentionally or it has developed without your notice. So, so it's important to sort Those of interrogate. Are the scary. Those are the scary things when in, when in absence of true direction, people have to function, right? So they just make up their own thing and it might not align with your values or your vision or right? your mission or why. And Right. They say the conscious mind is the bottleneck of the brain. <laughs> okay. So when we have systems in place, you get to have muscle memory and habits going for you. That frees up employees to be creative to be interactive, to be productive, to be problem solving. So if the fundamentals require thought, we are taking away the extra that we could have. We actually could improve a great deal by having the fundamentals streamlined and duplicatable through the whole chain. Why do you think that's so difficult for people to understand, especially, you know, entrepreneurs? And it seems like that's just common sense, right? If you have a system and you have good, strong processes that people can follow without fail, it takes the pressure off every single second of, of the day and all the interactions. And it does free your mind and give you freedom to think about other things because you're not like every second saying, what do I do here? What am I supposed to do here? What am I supposed to do there? And that duplicatable model it drives me crazy. Probably the big one of the things that drives me the most crazy in coaching is the pushback on creating duplicatable models. And so you have everybody running amok. Is when, when I grew up, my family would be like, You're running amok out there, or don't be. <laughs> so right. I'm just going to say running amok. You have everybody running amok. They're all almost like independent contractors sharing their own brand, their own processes, all of that. And it would solve probably 80% of all businesses' problems if they had duplicatable model, duplicatable systems and processes in place. What do you think that that, why are we so resistant to creating the foundation that would make everything so much easier? Yeah, I, I mean, that's a great question. That is such a great question. <laughs> <I> just, 
I think at the core of it, one is there's an, you know, if you're an entrepreneur and you have that entrepreneurial spirit, something in you is independent and something is willing to take risks and willing to try things. And you've got that confidence. And some people went into business for themselves, like to get away from working for the man or, you know, there's a lot of reasons. So the entrepreneurial spirit is independent by nature and often quite skeptical of anything that feels corporate or anything that feels like it's not congruent with the mom and pop business. And a lot of times that's the people they attract to work for them are people who have a similar entrepreneurial bent. We like people like us. So if we're the ones doing the interviewing and the hiring, (laughs) we are probably hiring people just like us instead of people who have different strengths or opposite uh, things from us. So we tend to have that all around. So we get this whole band of pioneers and everyone has a different idea of how it's supposed to work. And, you know, as long as all those people are in place and doing their thing, you you get away with it. What happens, though, when something unexpected happens, (laughs) when a pandemic shows up, when inflation takes us, our prices up so high, when whatever. So when something happens or a person leaves us and the new person who comes in doesn't fit that little gelled team, that's when things blow up. So so I think there's a resistance to it because we feel like. Either one, we don't like it. We that entrepreneur likes the freedom of thought and the freedom of expression. And and honestly, if they would think of it not like a cage, but like a framework. It's it's more like a framework. Systems are not a cage to hold people in. It's a framework to give them freedom that they can climb around on and have moments of free expressions and creativity. And you can communicate that to your team. You guys are so awesome that I want to have have the ability to harness your ideas and your creativity and your gifts and skills. But these are the lines. We stay inside the lines so that no one falls off a cliff, including the business owner who pays for it with their pocketbook. I have a visual of taking my sons for bowling when they were young and the, you know, the bumpers on the sides and they could still throw however they wanted or stand how they wanted or release the ball, however, but it, it helped them, you know, stay in there and it, it made things easier for them to know that, okay, they had these guardrails and they could do whatever they wanted to in between. Right. It, it It's just so, I don't know, it just blows my mind some days about that resistance for that. And you mentioned about when something happens out of the ordinary, it really throws things off kilter. And what about the poor person you're trying to onboard? You know, we're all looking to recruit the very best talent right. and have a wonderful experience for them and a phenomenal onboarding. And we want them to stay. And everybody's complaining about people don't stay long and you can't get anyone. And then people come in the door and we're like, oh, hey, yeah, here's your first day. And, oh, I'll show you around this or that. And there's not even a system for that. So to even ensure that the people you're recruiting that you're working so desperately to get have a successful launch. We we don't have a system many places for that other than here's your email. This is your time clock ID and, and whatever. So it's, it's so challenging. And right. So listen, entrepreneurs, you could be an entrepreneur and still have a, a some, some guardrails. You know, we, talk about McDonald's a lot, because when you think about a duplicatable model and processes, and I I always have all my clients watch that movie, The Founder, because there were so many business lessons in that about surrounding yourself with people that know more than you do and systems and all of that. But, you know, the, the example I always give them when they're like, oh, we were too busy this week. I couldn't do this, or we couldn't provide this for the customer or whatever. And it's like, 
Where in that movie did you ever see one of the McDonald brothers or Ray Kroc saying, holy cow, the lines wrapped around the building. We don't got time to put pickles on those hamburgers. Don't put any pickles. We're, we don't have time. They wouldn't, they wouldn't think about it. But we so many times cut short customer service because we're busy and we cut all these corners. But then as a, as a business owner, we say, this is our brand. This is what we want to project. Here's our mission, our vision, our why. But don't do that today because we're busy or we're shorthanded or I have some other idea I want you to look at today. How do we stop that madness? <laughs> yeah, so so I would say one one thing to do is to recognize that why, why do we do things this way? Why why is it that we do? Th- and a lot of entrepreneurs, again, they went into business because they were really great at the thing they do. It takes a long time to get really great at business. So you can be the best at the, the product or service you provide, but if you don't have some structure of business to wrap around that, then no matter, even if you are the best, everything else will crumble around you. Well, that's things that we can get better at just because we may not naturally be gifted at inventory or accounting or how we, we can get better or we can hire people to help us get better at that. And I would like to encourage, like, it's tiny changes make a huge difference for us or against us. Like if I'm trying to, like, say you've identified something in your business that needs to change something, you know, and you've identified this is, this is the result we want, the outcome we want, and we're working backwards. And it can seem like a long road to get there. But, you know, imagine if I've got an ice cube and uh, the ice cube is in a, in a 22 degree room and I am slowly raising the temperature. Well, at 23 degrees, I don't see any change. 24, 27, doesn't look like anything's happened. I'm tempted to just say, never mind. But if I keep going, 31, 32, breakthrough, 35, 36, it melts. 37, 38, it's totally transformed. One degree, just 1% improvement, just a little bit that you hang in there over time. And sometimes it feels like a long time when you're putting a system in place when you first do it, it almost feels stupid. And you'll probably get a lot of pushback from people who have been there a while. Why are we doing this? This is dumb. This makes more work for us. This, why am I using a form when I could just shout out what I needed? You know, like, so So that pushback, you got to remember that ice cube, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30. That doesn't feel like anything's happening. But when you hit to that breakthrough moment, suddenly there's a change. So uh, it is worth it. It is worth it to say, why do we do this the way we do it? And who owns the way we do this thing? Because the who owns the way we do this thing likely has um, turf surrounding that. And when you go messing with the way you do it, you're messing with them. You're messing with their (laughs) self-esteem. You're messing with their worth to the company. They start to want to protect themselves. Sometimes they'll even sabotage the implementation of a system to prove that their way was better all along. Um, At that moment, I have to remind the entrepreneur that you are the owner the buck stops with you. And this person is lovely and valuable. You got to find a way to validate them and let them know you appreciate them. But we are going to try it this way for a while. What's the cost to you of not implementing a system? What's the long-term cost of not doing it this way? That sometimes is a, is a better motivation for why it's important to stop now. Like you say, when you're busy and everything's busting, you don't feel like you have time to stop and think about anything and redirect anything. You're just trying to survive the crowd. Eventually, that crowd will overtake you. Without systems in place, the crowd is not sustainable. Growth is not sustainable. You you can't build a house 
you can't, if you want to expand, right, you have to expand the foundation. I can't, I can't build rooms on the side if I haven't, if I don't lay a slab out to the side with rebar in it, because I've got this going. If I try to build onto something else, that's going to crumple without a foundation under it. Unless you're in Whoville. I've Unless you're in too. Whoville, and then you can just build on the side of anything and it, you know, or Minecraft, you can just build it in the middle of the air. Physics <laughs> is not a thing. <laughs> it is not. It's uh, and not too many of our people either. So you mentioned about that going, you know, they get on a, that the vicious treadmill, right? Of the circle of everything's on fire, everything's on fire. They notice there's a problem. They then all hands. Now we have to focus on this problem. So, for example, they don't have enough profit for the week or the month or however they're tracking it. Oh my gosh, we need more sales. Everybody, stop what you're doing. Concentrate on sales. And then they're concentrating on sales and nobody's looking at cost of goods sold. They're not looking at inventory. They're not looking at labor inventory. It's, it's just focus on sales, sales, sales. And then, you know, that comes by and then we look at, oh my gosh, we don't have profit now. We have more sales, but we didn't make money on it. So everybody stop what you're doing. Stop worrying about making sales. Let's look at this. And it seems so, so much like little silos. They're just they get caught up in so many silos of just look at this, just look at this, just look at this instead of the big picture. Right. And it, I feel, you know, I've been there. I've had my own business and I, I've been there. I've been in those shoes and right. I know what that feels like. And I just, if there was anything I could get across to our listeners that are, are here today is you have to stop, take a breath, look at, like you said, the big picture, what is the end game? And then start working backwards and, and putting in those processes. And you don't have to make it totally corporate and, okay, everybody goes to the restroom at nine o'clock and you have right. your coffee at 9.07 and you have, we're, you know, we're not talking about that. We're talking about having systems and processes that protect you and insulates you and your internal customers, right, from everything that's going on. Because if you have those processes and they're solid, it is definitely an insulation about, you know, from everything else that's going on crazy. So tough world out there some days, right? And and then we have all the world stuff going on and so many negative people and negativity and we have to keep our wits about it. And having sustainable processes and systems helps you keep your wits, right? It does. And, and I just want to encourage, because I, I know it's, you know, everything that's in theory sounds good in practice, you know, and uh, so I just want to encourage that the owners and entrepreneurs this, that it's not a boil the whole ocean approach. Like we've never had a system and suddenly everything is going to have a, a manual. Oh gosh, gonna, you mean when they come back from a, from a conference or a, they, they, they go to some kind of think tank and they come back with 45 things they're going to implement yes. right now. Yes. So, so I would encourage and just, you know, one, that 1% improvement, 1% improvement across time gets you somewhere. If I, if I leave New York Harbor, I'm heading this direction. If I adjust by one degree, by the time I'm across the ocean, I'm at a different destination than I was when I started out. So like a one degree improvement is a big deal. And an owner or an entrepreneur who will dedicate 10 or 15 minutes, that's it, 10 or 15 minutes in a day to thinking about systems, to allowing yourself to work through it backwards for each one. If you will just commit 10 or 15 minutes a day to saying, okay, I'm going to think about systems and processes. I'm going to, I'm going to plan for that future. You don't have two hours a day or five hours a day. I get it. You're running a business. You got a family, you got all those kind of things. But I do want to encourage you that a small 
a small amount of attention put on this because you will begin to see results and it will give you, it will start freeing up the, those systems and processes begin to free up. People with no systems have the least freedom. People with no systems in place have the least freedom. They are always balls to the wall, hair on fire, 50 things going on. People who have systems do have more freedom. It's why they can duplicate and expand or spend attention on other things that are important to them, other outside relationships or interests. So uh, those systems are for you. They're, they, they're going to help you, not restrain you. They're actually going to give you freedom. Thank you so much. Just wonderful advice for everybody. So in closing out, I know you're so busy and I really appreciate you taking the time to speak with us and everybody make sure you get to Wendy's website and you can check her out on LinkedIn and send her a message and buy her books and uh, all of that thing. And, and if you're an aspiring author and don't know where to go, Wendy can help you and very possibly make you a best-selling author. So that's <laughs> wonderful. Any final words you want to leave with our, our listeners today? Yeah. First of all, I just, I have mad respect for everyone who's an entrepreneur. Like I get you. I appreciate you. I, I love that we are all together in a community, right? In a community of, of, of owners and entrepreneurs, people who want to make a difference people who care about your life, you care about your employees, you care about your community. And I just, I have so much respect. I, you know, I tell people when you're an entrepreneur, you know, I only work half days. <laughs> what I do with the other 12 hours is none of your business. You know, like, like a lot of times we can, we really can get into there. So I just want to give you like encouragement and respect and no one coming outside as a coach telling you what to do. It's, it's just that I've had the privilege of walking alongside so many entrepreneurs from so many walks of life. And I've seen things that have brought them freedom and brought them profitability and allowed them to grow. And I'd like to see you be able to take advantage of everything that's in your power to do to make your life and your business the best it can be. Wonderful. I am not even going to try to follow that. So I will see everybody here next week. Wendy, thank you again so much for joining me. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Maximum Optane, your ride to the entrepreneur's evolution. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, topic ideas, or you just want to be a guest on my show, I want to hear from you. You can reach me directly at mlpodcast at autotraining.net. Thanks for listening and keep seeking information everywhere that you can.